0: Welcome back to another fruitful episode of One of Us Has to Be Right. I think we're ready to get started, Josh. So tell me what's scary good, scary bad in the world of sports.
1: Yeah, dude. Um, This one's for John. Um, He's going to agree mm. with me on this one. Uh, Scary bad is the fact that we now have a second week of canceled baseball. And it seems like there's no end in sight to the cancellations. And one of the big things, obviously, we've already seen, like, the universal DH get put into place. We've seen some disagreements. We talked about those last week. The ones this week are implementing a pitch pitch timer, pitch count timer, like in between pitches, which we've seen in between innings to shorten it up. But now they're trying to shorten games again by implementing a pitch clock. But the big one that I wanted to talk about that I think is scary bad is they want to eliminate using the shift.
0: As Okay, first of all, I, there's also a couple other things on that list like making the bag significantly bigger, making it easier to steal, making it harder to steal because of these shorts – the second baseman and third baseman being able to have more of a bag. Um, there's also oh, – I saw a whole list of them. It was getting rid of the DH or forcing a DH. Yeah, forcing the universal a DH,
1: universal DH is – yeah, that's, that's already been uh, passed.
0: Oh, that already got passed? Yeah. Now it's – now it's onto this. Okay, I'm sorry. Keep going.
1: Yeah, no. So, it, there's, I mean, obviously laundry list, but the big one is eliminating the shift because, in my opinion, I've seen ones where the Astros did it and they had, like, seven out of the nine defensive guys lined up on the right side of the field. Like, Alex Bregman, the third baseman, was basically playing right behind second base, which I think mm-hmm. is insane, and I think shifting like that should be, you know, potentially limited. But I don't think that... I mean, there's really no way to enforce how bad or how big of a shift it could be, which is part of the problem for me. Because, like, I think that having, you know, the shortstop shade into left field and having the second baseman playing right on top of the bag shouldn't be that crazy of a shift, and that shouldn't be banned. But I think that, obviously... That,
0: that to me, doesn't seem like a shift, though. I mean, but that's uh,
1: technically... It's a shift. It's a defensive shift because they're not playing. It's not like they're playing shallow or deep. They are shifting where, you know, the three, yeah. where the four, five, six are lining up on the field. So I yeah. think I think depending on how drastic they go with that, I mean, it, it, the thing is that they want to make baseball a more offensive game. Correct. Which doing eliminating the shift is just going to help out those lefty batters or the righty batters that just swing and you know end up hitting right into the shift um mm-hmm. which obviously it's but it's as much as of an offensive game and as, as it is a defensive game so a lot of the teams that do really well are the ones that do both sides of the ball well you know it's not just these teams that are crazy good on offense but suck on defense like it's the teams that are implementing the shift and using everything to their advantage are the ones that are winning you know the world series it seems like every year, like back in when the Royals won their World Series, it was because they were playing small ball and doing it. Well, um, the Astros, so, the Astros did that. And then obviously we saw the Braves do it this year, too. They were just a stout ball club.
0: Yeah. So here's here's the thing. And, you know, I'm not trying to get into this because we have a lot to cover in this episode. Yeah, but I'm all for banning the shift. I listen, you know. I'm just going to compare it to football for a second. You know that now that we have evolved into more of a passing league, more more of an offensive-friendly receiver league, games are just so much more fun to watch. As a casual viewer of baseball, I would love to see more balls in play, and I understand that the the pace for me is just so slow with action in baseball. And, you know, if we can get more balls in play, I'm all for it. I know that there are going to be a bunch of pitchers that aren't happy with it. Trevor Bauer, suck it up. But, you know, everybody was talking about that um, that Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, saying that it was the worst Super Bowl of all time because it was only defense. If you see a 1-0 a, a game in in the World Series, it's like, yeah, I guess the, the ninth inning was fun, right? Like like fourth quarter Drives are always fun, but it's like the rest of the game is just so miserable. I'm all for I mean, banning the shift. Most John, the high, I'm sorry most about that. Most of it.
1: the high-scoring games are people getting doubles and triples. Like people hitting into the shift is ground balls that might just slip by the infield. It's usually not doubles or triples or home runs. Like it's that the, the shift is just going to limit the amount of people that get on base from fluke ground balls. But uh, I digress. My scary good, keeping this one super quick. There are reports that Brian Dable is trying to bring Mitchell Trubisky to the or to the Giants. Obviously, the MVP of 2 years prior mm. was the backup quarterback in Buffalo, formed a great relationship with Brian Dable. Now that he's the head coach of the of the Giants, it just makes sense to bring him in to compete with Danny Dimes, and I think that Mitch would win that, you know, that quarterback uh, controversy would win that that battle nine times out of ten. So I'm I'm excited to see him potentially, you know, get another shot. That's not just in Matt Nagy's offense. That obviously we saw didn't work for the Bears.
0: Yeah, and I mean, first of all, I don't know what our group chat was the other day with Matt trying to say that there's a debate that Danny Dimes is better than Trevor Lawrence. Ridiculous. Just throwing that out there. Just just throwing that one out Ridiculous. there. Is that there's no debate on that. However, I am excited for Mitch Trubisky to. Even if it's not in in New York, it's rumors talking seem like he's going to get another shot somewhere else. And definitely not with Matt Nagy. But speaking of Matt Nagy, Josh, what do me, you, and Matt Nagy all have in common? The Delaware Blue Hens. The Delaware Fighting Blue Hens who are going to the dance this year. We are a basketball school. I refuse to hear it from anybody who tells me not. I don't care if we're a 15th, 16th seed. Delaware got an invitation to the – not an invitation, but they're going to the dance after they won the CAA tournament. Um, We have two really great senior uh, guards and Kevin Anderson and Ryan – ooh, I forget his last name. But I let Kevin Anderson copy my homework once in math. Are we talking about – Jameer Nelson Jr.,
1: the son of former Orlando Magic <laughs> no. guard Jameer Nelson, who's also the GM no. of the Delaware Bluecoats.
0: No, but uh, dude, we have we have a guard. It's Ryan something, but um, but yeah, I let Kevin Anderson copy off my homework one day in math, so I expect like a part of the net from the CAA tournament. I'm still waiting for it. Um, but yeah, I don't care who they. Who they fight, that's... Who they fight, who they play, that's my number one uh, upset coming into the bracket. Don't care. We also have a really young forward who's been balling out this year. And, yeah, so scary good with that. My scary bad now. This is... Listen, a lot of stuff has gone down on Tuesday. And, you know, me and you, we'll get into a lot of it later. But what on God's green earth is happening in Seattle you, it's called, a trade full, away. it's
1: called a full rebuild, Justin. Oh
0: my God. But, but listen, you get the same amount of value that you get for your nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback that you sent away for a box safety that can't cover. And then you release Bobby Wagner. Matt tried to say who would even give a third for an aging linebacker. Led the team in tackles. Von Miller, who is older than he is, got a second round from the Rams. On a one-year deal, but it's – you know, it's – I don't get what's going on up there. Pete Carroll's – I think he's pulling a Sean Payton just blowing house so that he could dip and that's somebody else's problem. Um, But they have Drew Locke now, the absolute answer, in my opinion. As Josh says, he is my favorite backup quarterback in the NFL, and – Yeah, I I just – I don't know what's going on up in Seattle. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with uh, DK and Tyler Lockett in the next coming weeks.
1: Here's the thing, man. My buddy, Mike, is a huge Seahawks fan from Seattle. He sent me an article. Is he going through it right now? He is going through it right now. He sent me a a screenshot of an article this morning that said that with all the Deshaun Watson stuff that might be clearing up and all the added draft capital that they just gained – we could see them swap all of the draft capital that they just earned for Russ and throw it to the Texans in exchange for De- Deshaun Watson. So that is that is could a, happen. That's a that's a possible move that we could see. It might not just be them rolling with Drew Locke and company.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll see what happens with it. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's legal hearings will be proceeded on Friday, so we'll know more about that situation in his future in the NFL, and we'll see what the Texans do with him if Nick Casario ever wants to trade him. Now, speaking of quarterbacks being traded, we have a lot of quarterback movement, quarterback resignings, and I just, I, you know, I wanted to get your opinions and talk about things. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, and we'll get back to the Russ situation, but I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers first, me personally. Okay,
1: go ahead. Soapbox. I
0: hate it. I hate it. I hate the signing so much. You have a team that has a full roster around him. He is won back-to-back MVPs, which going into his 18th year is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. To give this man $50 million a year when he's making your organization look like a joke, and he's won nothing but playoff games since his Super Bowl win... In the early t- 2010s, he's won his last four Super Bowl, uh, his last four championship games in a row, and that's worth $50 million a year for four years, going into his, right t- until he's playing through his 22nd season. He's always complaining about not having any weapons, always complaining about never having enough, and then you restructure guys so you can bring back Devontae Adams, and I understand that there's, probably not a better situation for the Packers right now. I'm sure Jordan Love isn't ready. Um, but Soapbox time, I, I just, I hate how much money he got after what he made the organization look like and just after how greedy he's been. It And, you know, I hate to say this, but to me, he seems like he's in the early stages of his Antonio Brown career.
1: His what?
0: His Antonio Brown CTE starting the, to hit career. That is that is bogus. Look, it is so upsetting to me to see all the things he always has to be in the media with and how he's always trying to cause problems and get things to go his way or he's not going to play this year. Oh, he wants to get traded. Oh, no, he wants $50 million a year. Like, give me bro,
1: a break. I hate Aaron Rodgers as much as you do. But if you're the Packers, I didn't say
0: I hate him. I said I hated the deal and why the Packers oh, gave no. him that much money.
1: Yeah, no, I think I, I get that you hate the deal and I hate. I, I know that you hate the drama that he's causing. I know we both think that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But I think that the bigger issue at hand here is the fact that Jordan Love isn't ready, and the fact that they're willing to give him four years at fifty million dollars a year, meaning that Jordan Love is going to be a lot older than what Aaron Rodgers was. It's not like Jordan Love's just going to sit there and get better. Like,
0: Oh, he's going to get traded.
1: He's going to yeah, get traded. He's got to get out of there. And the question is, now that the quarterback market's kind of drying up a little bit, it's not going to be this yeah. year. It might not be next year. And he's just sitting on the bench watching his value dwindle. I mean,
0: this is, yeah. this is a Packers team. He could want out of there real soon. This is a Packers team that
1: could have picked up Justin Jefferson. Yeah. But decided to pick up. Jordan Love instead and we've talked about how awful that was. But I think that yeah. I think the bigger issue at hand here is the fact that the Packers are in such a win-now mode and I don't think that with the moves that they have to make and the moves that they can't make because of, you know, financial or, you know, any of the limitations that they have whether it's the amount of draft capital or whatever whatever it is, I don't think that this is a team that wins the Super Bowl in the next 4 years. Especially oh, I'll go on.
0: I'll go on record right now to say that Aaron Rodgers doesn't win another Super Bowl in his career.
1: Especially, I mean, if you look at four years, two hundred mil with I think it was like one hundred and twenty three or one hundred and thirty three of that guaranteed or forty, hundred forty three, something like that. It was upwards of seventy. It was like one
0: hundred fifty three.
1: Yeah, it was seventy. To, it was seventy to eighty percent guaranteed money. Which is insane for someone who has, you know, been such a a dramatic person. But he can do that because he's going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL until the day he retires.
0: Yeah, but it's also like he's like, I just I'm at a point where it's like, where has he gotten you? If you don't win the Super Bowl, you have the same outcome as the Jaguars did this year.
1: No, I mean, look, the thing is, is you have to look at. The, the thing that I've always heard that NFL franchises do is they look at their squad and they say, do we have a top 15 coach? Yes. Do we have a top 15 quarterback? Yes. Okay, we're going to go with these guys. And some even say, do yeah. we have a top 10 quarterback? Yes. Do we have a top 10 head coach? Yes. It's the reason why the Chiefs, um, you know, have got away from Alex Smith in order to draft Patrick Mahomes. It's the reason why... You know, other teams have drafted quarterbacks, even though they have a sustainable starter. It's they do it because they say, "Hey, this person is going to give us a better future than what we currently have."
0: And so, well, yeah, and I get, I get that and all, but like, like, like we're saying, they're in a win now mode, but neither, neither me and you see them winning now. So to to me, it's it's a big waste to not be investing in your future because
1: you bring Devonte back on a franchise tag.
0: We'll talk about yeah, that bring later. Bring
1: back on a one year deal. We'll talk but... about that later on the pod, but I think that's the bigger issue here is that you're you're consistently trying to build around Rodgers, and unless you bring in a team that is just as good, if not better, than they were last year, which I don't think you do. No. Then especially not with the amount of talent that other teams are procuring through this process. Correct. Um, and I don't I think that the teams in the AFC are just <laughs> a shade better than the ones in the
0: NFC. Oh, not even a shade, especially now that our next uh, topic of conversation is now our topic of conversation.
1: With Russell Wilson being the quarterback of the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, the the AFC West has more contenders than I think the NFC combined.
0: Oh, yeah, the Eagles were in the playoffs last
1: year. Yeah, so, I mean, now that we've brought it up, obviously Russell Wilson to the Broncos, and you've gone on your soapbox, let me go on mine, I think mm-hmm. that Russell should have gotten somewhere in the realm of Matt Stafford reciprocation. I think that Drew Locke 100% should have been involved. I think two firsts and uh, I think I think two firsts and maybe a second as well. I know it was two firsts Jared Goff and a third for Matt Stafford. I think two firsts, maybe those two seconds in Drew Locke. but giving up Noah Fant, giving up Shelby Harris as well. Those were mm-hmm. pieces. Those were pieces to that team that I thought that Noah Fant was gonna. When I first saw that, the first thing I thought was Judy's gonna eat, Sutton's gonna eat, Patrick's gonna eat, Noah Fant's gonna eat, oh, yeah. Javante Williams is gonna eat. But now what who, they have Albert O at tight end, which okay, yeah. okay, I, I'll give it to him. But that's the one thing that during the successful years. Of Russell Wilson's career he's used the tight end as a safety valve and he's done it well oh yeah
0: that's Whether it's Martellus Bennett or Jimmy Graham like he there's always been that guy consistently there for him but
1: the one thing that hasn't been consistently there in these last couple of years is not only Russ's health but also that tight end spot they've given him wide receiver targets but I think that yeah. the thing that he's missing was a solid running back since
0: Marshall and a solid left. line with how many times with how many times he's been sacked
1: yeah and I think that all of those things combined, I think that the Broncos have something, you know, contention worthy. I just think that it was too much of a package to give up. But if you are, you know, if, if you're Nathaniel Hackett,
0: Matty Refluce now, or yeah, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett. But Matty if you're Hackett,
1: but if you're Hackett in this situation, you're saying I don't want, I don't want to have to mentor Drew Locke, who looks a lot like Jordan Love. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to mentor him. I want to get a guy who's going to come in and win now. Yeah, I get no, I get, and I get you want to you tie yourself? Yeah, especially with Pat Bolin leaving as the owner, the new ownership that comes in is going to say we have a top ten quarterback, we have a brand new head coach, we have probably the best trio of wide receivers, if not, I'd say probably easily top ten, maybe top five trio of wide receivers. We have, a great, top five. we have a great young running back. We have an incredible secondary. We've got a defense that's up and coming in the front seven. There's a lot of good yeah. things going for the Broncos that Vic Fangio just couldn't piece together because he had terrible play at quarterback between Bridgewater and Locke. But I think that obviously they, they give up they 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 give up the farm to get Russell Wilson, which we've only seen successful one time, and that was this yeah. past year with the Rams doing the same thing to get Von Miller and to get Matthew Stafford on top of the other people that they threw away in order to, or the other picks that they threw away. So, I mean, well, yeah, and, if the Broncos think that this, they can draft well, then this was a this was a solid transaction. But the problem is but, that the Broncos, I, I don't know if they can do, use the picks that they have to continue to piece together things for Russ in order to build a championship team.
0: So here's the thing. They're in, by now, the toughest division in the NFL, the AFC West. Easy. Um, Easily the toughest division. But I think teams are going to start to use the Rams as a blueprint. Doesn't matter if you draft well. You you, you were able to pick up Sertan. You were able to get Bradley Chubb. That line is looking like it might come together. You got Javante Williams. That's what they did with Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. Now just trade the rest of them away and build your Super Bowl championship after you get your quarterback. We might see something similar with whatever team tries to trade for Deshaun Watson, you know. Um, so I think it's a blueprint. I really, really love the move, though. If you're Nathaniel Hackett, you got to do, you got to do whatever you want. You don't want to tie your name to whatever quarterback is just there for you, kind of like Joe Judge was. It was he had no, or not Joe Judge. Um, it was when Matt Nagy originally got uh, Mitch Trubisky, and it was like that. He didn't have his choice at quarterback there. That's what it was when he walked into the situation. He tried to do his thing to get his own guy and Justin Fields and didn't end up working for that one year. But as, you know, that head coach, you don't want to tie yourself down to a quarterback that might not do it for you, which is why Robert Sala had to go out get Zach Wilson. And now we're going to see, you know, Doug Peterson's second shot with Lawrence. Like all these young guys. But um yeah I, mean, but and, yeah, I like I like I like the Russell move. I like it. I mean,
1: I I like it. I think they gave up too much. I think that I think that Fanton Harris, I, Harris was at one point the one of the shining parts of that defense. And
0: Correct. then
1: and then last year he kind of took a step back after he got paid, but I think I just think Noah Fant it was too much to give him up as a or as a former first round pick. Who was performing decently? I mean, he was still, I'd say, a top twenty tight end. Um, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe top, even the top, I'd give him top fifteen. Maybe, yeah, top fifteen, even. So I think oh, they, yeah, gave, I, I think they gave up too much, but I think that, I think that it, it puts them in a position to um, easily make the playoffs as a wild card. So I don't know if they, I don't know if they win that division with the Chiefs and the Chargers. That's now.
0: and even the Raiders. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do now. Yeah, with McDaniels, I mean, me and you both, me and you both don't think much, but. Uh, I always say every year the Raiders just somehow end up sneaking into that wild card spot. Yeah. So now the Seahawks have the number nine overall pick from the Broncos, and they have no quarterback. And we're gonna let you guys know who we are who are our top five quarterbacks in this draft, in, who including Seahawks, including
1: one who might be fighting for the quarterback job with the other trade that happened today. Oh, are we just gonna? Are we just gonna let that? Are we just gonna let that? Oh, fly by?
0: I totally forgot because I said Matt Eberflus and I thought we covered it. Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. There That's the is. first time on the pod. First time on the pod Ooh. for a. You were
1: hitting the segue, and I was like, for two
0: thirds, for two thirds. Also, I didn't say this earlier, and you didn't either. But scary bad, the NFL is soft for suspending Calvin Ridley for a year. Oh, but yeah, anyways, anyways. I'll let you get on your Carson Wentz soapbox as you so did very eloquently last year before the Colts missed the playoffs by losing to the number one overall pick team.
1: Okay, you could say that. I'll, I'm just going to repeat what I said in the text today because I think, I think it's the truth.
0: We'll let, it, we'll let it speak for itself.
1: I think that people give Carson too much hate for the fact that he, okay, it's valid. He makes some dumb mistakes. But I think that if he plays more of a game manager style that Ron Rivera is known for, I think that, yeah, I'll give you that. I think that he would have taken a seven and ten Washington football team to a nine and eight record if he was there this year, stealing that playoff spot from the Eagles. And I think that two thirds was not too much to give up for the guy.
0: Here's the thing. I don't think two thirds was by any means too much to give up for the guy, and also conditional that next year's conditional third might turn into a second round. Which, if he eats it, then you know if the if the if the Commanders give up an early second for that. And a third, then we start to get into the hindsight. But for right now, I don't, I don't mind the trade. But I, to me, he's a product of the coaching staff he's around and the team that's put around him. He's not that good of a player, in my opinion. He's a, he's got good size. He looked like an MVP caliber player only when Doug Peterson put this, 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 and that around him, and he had an on, he had an insane offensive line. He looked okay at moments on the Colts you know he didn't really have too much time to develop TY Hilton wasn't there the whole year but you still had Jonathan Taylor you still have Quentin Nelson uh, Ryan Kelly holding down that line for you and it was back with the guy that you know with a decent defense and he still just came up short and to me it's just I, it's it's this it's just the same thing over and over again when he gets a chance to prove it himself he just can't do it i don't think that this is going to you know ultimately be the answer for the commanders. They'll probably draft a guy this year, next year to sit under him for a year. But I I don't mind the trade for two thirds right now, but just to me, it just, it doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. And after watching the AFC championship week and the NFC championship week, if you don't have a top five quarterback, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So go out, find that guy. But I don't know if I'd be trading for guys that can't potentially be top five right now yeah. after watching what happened this year.
1: Look, I mean, yes and no, I think he is better than Taylor Heineke. The only thing that I'm Correct. the only thing that I'm gonna say as a devil's advocate to myself is if you look at the last three drafts, everyone says like, oh, the third round pick, like that's not too valuable. The way that the Washington football team drafts this this past year they picked up Ben St. Juice, the defensive back out of Minnesota, mm.
0: who played Love the pick. played
1: pretty solid. They also picked up Diami Brown, who is going to yeah. be their third wide receiver this year.
0: He's their slot guy.
1: Last year, or sorry, the year before that, their third round number sixty six pick was Antonio Gibson, and the year mm. before that, their third round pick was Terry McLaurin. This is a team.
0: Yeah, this all is playmakers a team
1: that can draft. Like they do pretty well drafting. Um. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, this is a team that picked up some. I mean, like, besides
0: Dwayne Haskins.
1: I mean, yeah, but they pick up Cam Curl in the seventh round, who's become their starting, you know... Cole Holcomb, a starting linebacker, was a fifth-round pick. Like, this is a team that can draft yeah. pretty well. And so I think they just... I think they understood, and this is the segue that I think we take, I think they understood that the, mm. the top five quarterbacks in this draft aren't better than Carson Wentz. And so they take the risk with two third-rounders, and get Carson Wentz as a suitable starting quarterback for them, and then maybe hit somebody with that 11 pick.
0: So here's the thing. Russell Wilson was a third-round pick, and we just saw the haul that the Seahawks got for him. If you can cultivate the talent, it's more than worth it. So let's talk about some of the talent in this quarterback class, if there is any. Oof, that was a tough one. So how do you want to go about this, Josh?
1: Yeah, um, I think you give your top five, and then I've got – I've got my top 5 with an AB. <laughs> thrown okay. in there too, so it's technically 6 dudes. Um, but I want to see I want to see your your list and then I'll give you mine.
0: Okay, this is going to be extremely controversial, but it's only because this quarterback class is absolute hot garbage. Very EJ
1: Manuel year-esque. I agree. Mhm.
0: So, I'm, I'm going to start backwards. So, my number 5 quarterback coming into this class Is Kenny Pickett?
1: Whoa. Okay.
0: I know people. I know people are trying to say the hands don't matter. The hands matter to me. Okay. The only and and I know everybody's gonna say the only other quarterback to ever have success with eight and a half inch hands was was Michael Vick. I have nine and a half inch hands. All right. I'm five ten. Nowhere near a first round grade on anybody's prospect board. I think that you know he has tons of experience. Decent accuracy. I've a lot of. He's very late on a lot of his throws, but I just I don't trust anybody that throws with two gloves. Don't trust him, unless your name is Peyton Manning in the cold. Number four is Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati. Okay. Love the build. He his IQ was apparently very very good at um, at the combine. Loved his release. The ball looked really nice coming out of his hands. He is decent size and he can run. Number three, Malik Willis from Liberty. Okay. He's Jordan Love if Jordan Love could run.
1: I, okay.
0: You're going to get a lot of throws that you're like, oh, he put it right on the money there. And a lot of throws that are like, what was going on in his head as he released that ball? I'm not too high on him. But I, I understand why people are like, oh, potential, potential, potential. But uh, to me, I just I think that there are too many mechanical issues that you're you're going to have to try to work out. Everything from the ball tap to his, his third step going inwards instead of planting. there There's just a lot of stuff that to me relies on his arm. yeah He's got a cannon, but another guy that has a cannon, Matt Corral from Ole Miss is my number two quarterback. You know, I really want to see more from him. Because of the injury, we're not going to get to see him until his pro day. Um, but hopefully, you know, we see a good forty time out of him to prove that he can be a little bit more dynamic. I want to see him out of the pocket making throws a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll see what we got. I think he has the best arm talent in the class. I'm not saying he has the deepest arm, the most accurate, but as a whole, I think I think he has the best arm talent in the draft and. His decision-making, I think, I think is is probably pretty high up there. Now, oh, everybody's like, what? But unless you listened to the pod yesterday, or yesterday, last week, this is no surprise. Or if you listened to the pod last week, this is no surprise to you. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, wow.
1: Carson Wentz is wow. better than all of the quarterbacks in this draft coming into, next year. Coming into next year. I'll give you that. Coming into next year. I'll
0: give you that. I'll give him that. But Carson Strong from Nevada is still my number one quarterback. The strongest arm. I think he has the highest IQ out of this class. He ran a lot of his own plays, called a lot of his own offense at Nevada. And, yeah, he had a lot of help with Romeo Dubs and um, the tight end kid. I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, uh, I, I'm not. Uh, Cole Turner. Cole Turner. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I think, I think he's got that leadership. He's got that deep ball that just soars. And um, a, a close, very close number six was Sam Howell. He was very impressive in meeting rooms. And I think if he yeah. gets in a situation that, I, like I say, I like to mock him to the Vikings because of if you give him the De'Ami Brown, if you give him the, um, I'm forgetting all the names, Javante Williams, all the other guys around him, I think he's going to make plays for you, enough plays. He's going to put the ball in spots where, your playmakers will make the plays for you. Yeah. So that's my top five. I think the rest of the positions are gonna be a little bit more straightforward, but that's just from what I've seen in this class so far. So I'd love to hear your top five.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna start out with my number one. This is gonna be controversial too. It's a Keel Glass out of Alabama A and M.
0: I love it. I'm not even going to sit here and argue it. I love it.
1: <laughs> my number two, Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. okay. Um, my 5A and B, and I think that these guys are pretty in- interchangeable in my book, um, not in terms of talent, but I just think I, one day they could be my 5, one day they could be my 6. Uh, it's Desmond mm-hmm. Ritter and Sam Howell. I think I think okay. Sam Howell went the wrong direction this year. He went from being a pass first quarterback to almost a run first quarterback, which is the opposite Correct. of the progression that you want to see uh, as you look to become a, a quarterback in the NFL. And I think if anything, it showed that he has that ability to have success getting out of the pocket. But the problem is, you don't want a Joey Harrington where his first instinct is to you know. Yeah, you know, pull it down and run.
0: He um, he definitely looked a lot more scared this year.
1: Yeah, which I mean, I get it. You lose Javante Williams, Michael Carter. You lose Diami Brown. You lose. I mean, a lot of different targets uh, on that North Carolina team that he didn't have this year. Um, Daz Newsom. Yeah, Daz, that was the other name I was yeah, forgetting. Newsom. But like you see, you, he struggled, and that's to be expected when something like that. You know, you lose people like that. Um, yeah, Desmond Ritter. I I think that he could have success in the NFL. Um, but I think that there's a lot of questions around him again i don't think there's any solid number one quarterback in this class um yeah. but i think i mean at his frame 6 210 um you know upwards of 215 four-year starter these are all the things that you look for in the guy um i just think that he doesn't have the it factor that turns him into a star quarterback in the nfl
0: yeah i mean like i said there. And like you said, this just this class is just so tough. I, to me, he's Matt Ryan that isn't as accurate, but he can move.
1: Yeah, no, he has – I mean, he, he processes well. Um, I just don't think – I think his accuracy is going to be a problem, and I think that's the case for a lot mm-hmm. of the quarterbacks this year is that oh, they yeah. all have cannon arms. They all have, you know, sports center top ten play arms, um, but they also have, you know, not top ten accuracy in terms of – Yeah, their um, low
0: lights are lower than any classes before. Yeah.
1: And I, 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 I think that's can I
0: can I tell you an interesting stat real quick? Hit me. I promise this will be quick. So last year we saw three quarterbacks go one, two, and three. Right? Yeah. The only other times that happened, I think it was nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, and like nineteen seventy three or nineteen seventy four. The following year, no quarterbacks went in the top ten or fifteen.
1: After that happened, the first time,
0: what the year? Right. So like ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Three quarterbacks go in the first round, two thousand draft, no quarterbacks go in the top fifteen. Same thing in the seventy three to seventy four. And I'm not saying it'll happen this year, but it's like those the the talent clumps are insane, and then the next year they fall off. It wasn't it didn't have to like build on any point. I just thought that was something crazy to no, note.
1: And I think that's important to note here. Um my my number four, and this is tough, is Malik Willis. I I think that he's someone who, in my opinion, he can potentially be a playmaker in the NFL, but I also think that he struggles with his decision-making. One thing that you've pointed out and that I've seen a lot of scouts harp on is you can't coach out a ball pat. and every DB in the NFL – is gonna notice that he's gonna hit that ball pat, and then they're gonna hawk wherever his eyes are. Unless he Matt Stafford no no look passes every single throw, he's he's gonna have to get that coached out of him, and that's incredibly hard to do. Um, I think that he has the athleticism. I mean, we saw the clip at Auburn of him like running like a four three four two forty. Yeah, but at the same time, you know. That's not going to get you everywhere in the league, especially if you know you're going to be looked at for some of these teams to be almost like a day one starter. If like if he goes to the Panthers,
0: can't imagine
1: it happening. Yeah, my my number three is Carson Strong. I think, like you said,
0: hey, I, I, listen, I'm just glad somebody's giving Carson Strong love besides me.
1: No, I think that he's one of those guys that has. The arm talent, he has the build that you look for. Like you said, he's run a pro-style offense. Um, he's done those... De- as well, as he's
0: called his own plays on on many drives. He doesn't play with the near piece in. and If it's two-minute drill, his coach isn't telling him to do anything.
1: Yeah, and I think that if he goes to a team that's ready for him to take over, I don't think he's as day one ready as my number one guy. Um, yeah. But I think that he has a, a great... Uh, has a great future in the NFL if he goes to the right team. These okay, these, these are tough for me because I really have these guys as 1A and 1B and who I think should be drafted first and second. I think my 1B, the second overall guy, is Matt Corral. Okay. His decision-making got better last year. He's cut down on his interceptions. He looked great at Ole Miss, but he also had a lot of games where he didn't look great at all. Yeah. You know, he played in Lane Kiffin's offense. Um, He has a pretty quick release. Like, all these kind of things that you look for. Um, You know, he is, I mean, at 6'2, 212, you know, that's pretty solid. Um, Yeah, Aaron Rodgers
0: is 6'2. I think he could bulk up a little bit. You're saying size wise.
1: Um, Yeah. But. I think that he, can, he has all the things that you look for. Um, he's relatively dual-thread. He can extend the play, all that kind of stuff. I just think that uh, the guy that I have at one is a little bit better, and I think he's more of a day-one starter. And if you put him on a team that plays in a dome, I don't think those 8.5-inch hands are going to be a problem.
0: Who Jenny Pickett,
1: <laughs> Mister Mister Jenny Pickett, I, I I think that he goes eleven to the Commanders, and I think that he wins the job eventually from Carson Wentz.
0: That that's literally the definition of him not playing in a dome, playing in Northeast Maryland. I mean, or, or Northeast Virginia. I mean, yeah,
1: I think, but I mean, if you look at the other teams that could potentially draft him, what he's going to end up in? I mean, potentially Carolina. They play in an outdoor stadium. It's I mean, it's not like the Vikings are going to take him. It's not like I mean, I think that he just needs to be
0: I think Well correct. So I feel like we're saying that he's not gonna succeed.
1: I think I mean it's it's the issue is with if he's wearing the two gloves, he should be able to hold on to the ball. I, I just think he should played be? he played in Pittsburgh. He didn't have that many I think he's gonna do have more success if he plays in a dome. If he ends up in like in Atlanta or New or New Orleans eventually. Um yeah. but I think that I mean we saw him play in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field for four years and he didn't have that many issues when it came to holding on to the ball and he was able to lead a team that didn't have as many weapons as the other teams around him and he was able to lead them to relative success this year I think I just think that as far as day one starters go I think he would be the most apt to go in and, and play week one I also think that this class is so weak that I don't have any faith in any of the guys so it's like yes yeah. yes he's my number one but at the same time like you know Matt Corral like any of these guys could have a good career I think it's all going to be depending on where they end up
0: but it's like even even if we compare it to last year's draft Trey Lance is number one in this class yeah you know
1: Trevor's obviously I,
0: d- Do I do I dare say that Jordan Love is number one in this class no Okay, because I didn't want him. No,
1: he's not. I, I think he's just as he's just as questionable as any of these guys. Mm-hmm. He remind. I mean, it's like like you said, Malik Willis is just Jordan Love, but faster. Um, and he's what my number four and your number three. Yeah. So I mean, that's I think that that lines up pretty accurately. I think Mac Jones is number one in this class. I think Trey
0: Justin Fields definitely Fields is.
1: Fields would be. Lance is obviously. Trevor is. I think those four guys. I think Wilson. Oh yeah. I mean Zach Wilson would be number one in this class. um
0: Yeah, and and even just even going back, like Baker Mayfield is still number one in this class. Like Lamar. those guys Lamar behind would him be number, too? Lamar, who was yeah. drafted
1: at the end of the first round, would be number one in this class. Correct. So I think I think it's more of the fact that there's just no real stud number one guy. No matter where, no matter
0: where you look, here's a fun one. Danny Dimes in this class
1: third. I don't think I Sam
0: Darnold. Sam Darnold in this class.
1: I think that coming out of college, Sam Darnold might be number one or number. I think he's in that Kenny Pickett discussion. Um, You know, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. Who's gonna go like top ten? I think, and I think Danny Dimes both because both of them shot up. I mean, Darnold came down a little bit. Um, everyone was yeah. kind of like, Oh, we're gonna suck for Sam Darnold. I think the one that you throw out there is Tua. Is Tua the number one quarterback in yeah,
0: this class? I, I think Tua is a number one quarterback in this class, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: so I mean, and that's that's the thing is you can start throwing these guys out, and it's like, Well, you know, are they really gonna come in and be day one starters? And I think that unless, I mean, obviously, it's not like there's a chance that you know, uh, New England, any of the, like those super cold places. It's not like they're the ones that are going to be getting um, Kenny Pickett, or they're not going to be any. Of the I ones... mean, if
0: Seattle, if Seattle falls in love with him at at nine, there. That wouldn't be a good situation for him. No,
1: I think that's why I think they need to get Deshaun Watson because I think Deshaun is leaps and bounds better than any of the quarterbacks in this draft class. Oh my
0: God, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: so I mean, even if you look at that draft class, I think that, and this is the hot take, I think that Mitchell Trubisky is a better quarterback than any of the guys in this draft class.
0: Here's a hot take that I'm willing to not say here's why you're wrong on. Because I, I cannot disagree with that statement, and I wanted to, but I cannot. Yeah,
1: I think that I think it's a close. I think it's a close one 2 But I think that if you are a team like the Giants, I think you say we're going to draft defense and offensive line with our first two first round picks, and say we are not even going to touch any of these quarterbacks because what's going to end up happening is they're going to end up with Danny Dimes
0: two point Yeah, all of these. Brian Dable doesn't want, and that's that's the other thing. Brian Dable doesn't want that attached to him. No.
1: And that's you. You go with you go with the guy that that the, the the devil you know is better than the one you don't. And the devil he knows is Mitchell yeah. Trubisky.
0: Yeah. So did you, did you want to talk tags real quick, yeah. or do you think? Let's do it. I think we're we're
1: at- can, I think we can run through these. You don't have a hard deadline, so we got some. Time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So we're gonna start off with. Uh, the Chiefs' offensive tackle Orlando Brown getting $16.7 million this year. How do you feel about it? How do you think it impacts things for the Chiefs? I
1: mean, that's exactly what we expected to happen. Um, yeah. I think that they needed to shore up that offensive line. They get two great rookies, and then you, you, you see how he plays on the tag. If he underperforms, you let him walk. If he overperforms, you sign him midseason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's not really much. To discuss about that, I we all saw it coming and we all think it's the right move for what the Chiefs needed to do next year. Cleveland Browns tight end David Njoku, ten point nine million playing on the tag this year. This how does it make you feel? It
1: surprises me because every single time you see a potential trades thing pop up on NFL or ESPN. And it's always David it's and always Njoku David Joku, and he's like,
0: Bro, what? For a third. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I think that ten point nine is a little crazy. Um but I think that the Browns too high
0: for his production. Yeah,
1: but I think that the Browns do need that tight end, especially with yep. you know I think Hooper didn't really perform to the level that they were expecting him to perform
0: at. Um, but you know, you lose OBJ, you potentially lose Jarvis Landry this off season. Yeah,
1: so I think you need to sure up the targets that you have if you want to continue the se- continue next season with Baker having any shred of success other than throwing a DPJ.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah. Obviously, I. I mean, we both think that they're still going to draft a receiver. This doesn't really. Oh, if not. Really if not much. two. Yeah. Um. I'm in round one, but. Oh uh, no! I'm. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. One. I think you draft yeah. round one. Definitely, I think that you potentially take another one in the second or third round.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Wouldn't be mad about that if I'm a Browns fan. Cincinnati Bengals safety Jesse Bates twelve point nine million.
1: I thought he should have gotten five years. 13 mil a year yeah I think I think that paying him 55 mil is not or 65 mil for five years is not out of the out of the out of the realm of belief so I think bringing him back on the tag was a little confusing I think they just probably didn't come to terms with the right number of years for the right number of millions yeah. um, and so they just said screw it we'll, we'll play another year on the tag
0: yeah I mean we all know he's worth it we all thought it was going to be a longer deal oh yeah um especially given how much money the Bengals have and how cap friendly they can be with with these deals um but you know it is what it is they have him for this year they I I expect them to re-sign him mid-season Miami Dolphins tight end Mike Gusecki 10.9 million dollars
1: I think, I mean, this is kind of the Njoku thing, except I think Gasicki played much better than David Njoku has throughout his career. I thought this was going to be a longer signing, but obviously the Dolphins have the cap space. It wasn't a cap space issue. I think it was the same thing with Jesse Bates, except at the tight end position instead. I think they probably, he probably wanted something in the realm of four years, 44 mil. So if, if I would have saw that come across my screen, I wouldn't have been surprised. So one year at almost 11 mil doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Here's the thing. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm ecstatic that we get Mike Gusecki back. Yeah? If I'm Mike Gusecki, I feel very underpaid right now. Really? If you look at the amount of snaps that he's taken, I think something like 70 to 80% of his snaps were from the slot. You know, like he's he's not a, a tight end, tight end. And if you're getting receiver money from that position you're playing, it's like the whole why um, Jamal Adams wanted to get tagged as as a linebacker as opposed to a safety. You know what I mean? I think Mike Gusecki, easily top 10 tight end. I'd argue that top 8, top 7, I wouldn't have an issue if somebody threw him in there. And tight ends are very undervalued for how much versatility they need. And I think he should have gotten... I I think he really should have gotten a big contract with probably closer to 13, 14 a year as opposed to just one year for 10, 9. And if he was stuck on his worth... I'm fine with that if he wasn't if he was willing to sign long-term for that. Okay. Dallas Cowboys tight end, Dalton Schultz, also 10.9.
1: I mean, I think that that was just a smart move for them to retain him. I mean, there were probably four mm-hmm. or five teams that he could have gone to that would have paid him more. Um, but I think that you restructured Dak's deal. Uh, I forget the other person who restructured. Uh, was it Martin? Zach Martin restructured as well. Probably. Yeah. So they both, they're obviously trying to run it back. Um, so you bring back a top 10 tight end in Dalton Schultz, and you do it. If you do it at 10.9, you're lucky. So I think that was, again, I think he could have gotten paid more elsewhere, uh, but he did the right thing, and he went back to the team that played incredibly well this year that wants to do it again next.
0: So I have a question for you now. Okay. Mike Giuseppe or Dalton Schultz? Who?
1: I think as a pure tight end give me Schultz. I think as an athlete give me Gesicki. I uh,
0: If both of them are on the free agent market for 10.9 million dollars, who are you signing for a year?
1: It depends on the team. If I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm probably picking up sure. I'm probably picking up Gesicki. If I'm the New York Jets, I'm picking up Schultz. I think it's very okay. I think I think it depends on the team. I think they are probably I, they're both top ten in my opinion, but I don't think either of them are top five. I think they could be interchangeably six through ten depending on the week.
0: Yeah, I I do think Mike Gusecki is is better than Dalton Schultz, and not not even a one a one b, but definitely like a one two. Um, still very close, but I, I, you know, I like the signing for the Cowboys. That means that, you know, Randy Gregory is probably going to walk. They're going to let um amari cooper go
1: probably which is crazy that they're going to prioritize michael gallup instead of trying to restructure amari's contract and cedric
0: well they also really want cedric wilson back for some reason they're high on him i mean for god knows why
1: pe- he performed well when he was there
0: yeah but i mean <laughs> amari cooper cedric wilson josh
1: i mean for the money cedric wilson balls out mm if I'll give
0: you that I'm still listen I still want I, I want a guy that teams are afraid to look at when they line up across from me and need to game plan specifically to to eliminate that guy no team no no other team looking at your roster besides trying to make trades cares how much you're paying a guy I give me a a top 10 receiver that's getting paid more money than a top 30 guy that overproduces for how much money he's making Look,
1: I think that they have that in C.D. Lamb though so now you have Gallup at... The,
0: uh, he's Gall- too shaky for me. Now you, he's he's way too spotty for but
1: me. But now you have Gallup at two and Wilson at the three. I still think that that's a top 10 trio, potentially bordering top five as well.
0: I don't know about bordering top five. I'll give you top 10. Moving on. Jacksonville Jaguars offensive tackle Cam Robinson.
1: What's the What's the price tag? Because that's the bigger...
0: Okay, sixteen point seven million. I
1: think it's high, but if he performs how he performed, what was it two years ago, before he kind of took that step back last year, right? That was yeah. So I think that
0: end of the season he came on strong.
1: Yeah, I think that. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if I saw four sixty. Um. So I think I think sixteen seven is a little high, but I think that it's the same. you know kind of prove it contract um, that we're seeing out of a lot of these tags
0: I hate it why I hate it with a burning passion here's the thing they tagged him last year as well so this is this is a second consecutive year getting tagged I think he's like 26 27 at this point I, I just he's not gonna get any better and this to me says that a they don't believe in Walker little enough or B, they fell in love with Aiden Hutchinson so much that they're not going to draft Neil at one because they want to just keep the line how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're going to lose Andrew Norwell. There are a bunch of big, like, holes that are going to be on this offense, so I get it why you would just want to have that insurance, but I just, I it doesn't make any sense to me, and I know everybody's saying, oh, just Jonathan Ogden, Evan Neal, you know, he played his first year at left guard. But this that, that wasn't like a... That wasn't like a you tagged somebody to bring back like it was it was a guy under contract and and all of this it was just so that they could all play but I just it doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't spend that money elsewhere unless they have absolute insane questions about Taron Armstead's health but with all that money I just I don't get why you're giving it to a guy that's maybe top 15 maybe. But, but he, I, I don't see him getting any better. I, I could only see him regressing and you have a bunch of young talent that I think that they could have cultivated instead. Yeah, I get it. Moving on to the green Bay Packers wide receiver, Devonte Adams, $20.1 million this year.
1: I mean, I think that he could have gotten easily for 80. I think, yeah. I, think oh, I on I the think, market anywhere. Yeah. I think that's low ball. I mean, you look yeah. at Mike Williams; he got three years, sixty. I think that he, we easily—I yeah. think we easily could have saw four hundred uh, on the open market for Devontae Adams. So the fact that he's getting a, taking a pay cut really to come back and play with Rodgers.
0: I, I mean, g- he doesn't really have a choice. It's either don't play or or take the twenty mil.
1: Yeah, so I I get it, but I mean, that's the thing is he could have easily gotten uh, more money elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, same thing with the Mike Isecki thing. If you're a Packers fans, you're thrilled that you had enough guys to restructure and that Aaron Rodgers isn't crying in the car right now. But, I mean, if you're Devontae Adams, know your worth and just ball out. You know, you're in a good situation, so that's why you feel less bad about it. You know, you don't have Tua thrown to you, but, oof. Um, And then now Tampa Bay Buccaneers last one wide receiver, Chris Godwin, 19.2 million coming off an ACL.
1: Yeah, that one's tough, but I think he could have gotten more on the open market too. Um, I think if you are, here's my thing. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you have Mike Evans, it's still, I think it's still smart given the quarterback situation and how up in the air it is that you bring in and keep I guess retain as many of the guys as you can to make the quarterback whoever it is a lot more comfortable. I mean, if you take Godwin out, it becomes what Scotty Scotty becomes the number 2.
0: Scotty, seven balls, million. Scotty, yes. seven
1: balls becomes the two. And then at that point, are you drafting a slot guy? Or do you move Scotty to the slot and then have someone else as the wide receiver, too? No,
0: Scotty's a deep threat. I, I don't... Here's the thing. I hate when people say just because guys are short, they should play in the slot. Like, Jahan Dotson, Scotty Miller, they, Antonio Brown, like, they're guys that stretch the field. Yeah. That's my little soapbox. And Marquise Brown, he's not a slot guy. You know, and that's not just because of his weight. Like, that's, that's just not how he's best served. Yeah, I mean... I would have preferred to see them tag Carlton Davis. Um, cause, you know, Chris Godwin came back for a year on a year's deal. Not, not the tag. Um, they used a tag on somebody else. I'm forgetting who. It might have been Jay. No, was it Shaquille? Barrett? Shaq
1: Barrett?
0: Yeah. Did they tag him last year? I thought he got paid. Oh, he might have gotten paid. Anyways, they used a tag on somebody else. Um, and he signed a one-year deal. And now he's getting tagged again for 19. Probably could have gotten more. You know, the fact that we didn't even bat an eye that Mike Williams got three for 60. We said, all right, he's a charger. And that was that. But, um, yeah, it's a tough situation to be a number two in a spot where, as of right now, Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbard is your number one quarterback. And, you know, coming off the ACL... I think he might have done himself some good, just taking. Well, not he didn't do it himself, but getting tagged, 19 million guaranteed, as opposed to teams having questions on whether you're going to be as productive as you as you could be. I mean, he's what 27, 28 at this point. Yeah. So, so he's still pretty young, but um, but yeah, I thought that the Bucks would have used it on Carlton Davis. Um, I think they got to keep that defense as young as possible, but uh, whatever quarterbacks playing there. Could be Deshaun Watson. We'll see what happens with it.
1: Yeah, dude. Is that so I guess that's, that's it one? for us.
0: Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a full episode if I've ever given I one. I mean, it's
1: pretty. I mean, what we're looking at, what five almost an hour.
0: Yeah, I'm at fifty six minutes right now.
1: Yeah, man, this is crazy.
0: <laughs> well, I won't be here next week, so you guys got all of it out for me this week. Spoiler alert: if you still are listening. <laughs> um. But yeah, I guess that about wraps it up for us. I'm Justin Whitwick.
1: I'm Josh Deal.
0: And you know what they say on your favorite podcast: Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Danny Dimes. We will see you. He will see you next week.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, what goes on on your favorite podcast. One of us has to be right.